0: Okay, so we're in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13 this morning, and let's, uh, let's open with prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for this book. We thank you for the things we can learn from it, and um, today as we get into talking about the foolishness of the gospel, Lord, we can find out uh, just how wise you really, really are. Lord, we thank you for that. And we just pray that as we study this morning that you'll give us insight as we Look into your word. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, I think to get our context this morning, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, we'll start. We'll read. uh, Start at verse 10. And we'll read through verse 25. 10 through
1: 25. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfected, you're united in mind and thought. Sorry
2: that. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I
3: follow Satan, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you... Uh, Baptized in the name of Paul? I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus
0: and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Now I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other.
1: For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power
2: and on to 25, right? Yes. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will report.
3: Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the
2: wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to
3: save those who believe. Jews demand
0: science, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to Gentiles foolishness. 24.
1: There was a four in that word on that page. Four. The foolishness of God is wiser than the human, wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Oh,
2: that's
1: twenty-five. Okay. Oh, that's Twenty-four is.
2: But <laughs> to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God oh. and the wisdom of God. Okay. Twenty-four.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure we won't well, get that far today, so well, okay. that's okay. <laughs> so. Well, print on that. Last week we had lots of Easter visitors, so we spent quite a bit of time reviewing the introduction, the general introduction in verse 10. Um, But one of the things we we did talk about last week was basically how to deal with what I would call non essential doctrines and questions of, you know, in the scripture um, instead of debating and arguing over things that really don't matter. And one of my favorite phrases is, You might be right. And that just kind of calms everybody down and opens up and and you listen to other people and and can learn from them. Because people have a reason for what they believe and sometimes it's a very good reason that I haven't thought of. And when I hear it I can learn something. and I have changed my position on things at times because someone's got a lot better argument and a lot better reasons than I had. Now, here in uh, Corinth, the specific problem that they were arguing over was basically who's their favorite pastor or leader. Um, You know, they listed Paul and Apollos and Cephas and and some who were holier than them, and they said they followed Christ. Um, And so, you know, that's what Paul was dealing with here, and... um, and so that's kind of the introduction to, to what we're, we're going to talk about today, starting in verse 13. He addresses this uh, uh, problem of people following after uh, leaders and, uh, and important people. So, looking at verses uh, actually 13 uh, through 16, it says, Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, that no man should say you were baptized in my name. Now I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. So here Paul kind of asks that critical question. um, Is Christ divided? Well, of course not. Um. We had looked last week at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, where it says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's the basis of our unity. Back in verse 2, we saw that Paul had emphasized the unity of Christ, that the believers in Corinth were not being singled out, but they were part of the body of Christ. Um, Let's turn ahead in 1 Corinthians to chapter 8. Someone would like to read verse 6 for us there. Chapter 8, verse 6.
2: Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Okay.
0: Okay. 1 Timothy chapter 2 it says there's one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus there's one mediator not many Um, the other thing that we see uh, from Paul is that he talks about the body of Christ that's the church we're all part of the one body so in 1 Corinthians let's go to chapter 12 1 Corinthians chapter 12 would someone like to read verses 12 and 13 there
3: Just as a body through one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Okay. Spirit to to drink.
0: Okay, thank you. So we see Paul so often emphasizes the unity of Christ and body of Christ we're all different like like the members of our body but we all belong to one body we're not divided you know if if you start dividing your body up things don't work Uh, and you get you're in trouble if you do that and one other place let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 Someone like to read verses 15 through 18. It's a little longer.
2: By Sorry. abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. How far? Through 18. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father.
0: Okay, so here Paul addresses something that's a little bit different. The issue of Jews and Gentiles. You know, the church is not split along the line of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. They are they're brought together into one body. So again, there's a, this, the emphasis on one body here. He's talking about the fact that they came from two different, essentially the two races. <laughs> you have Jews and you have Gentiles. Those are the two races that we had in the Old Testament. And they're brought together into one body. So we see the unity of the body over and over again. So he answers the question, was Christ divided? of course not. You have one body, one one savior. But in practice in these days is the body of Christ divided? Is it fractured? We, we see that all the time. We see you know you, you drive through town and that's why there's all these different churches and all these different places because We've divided over particular doctrines, or we divide over styles, or something, and I, I don't think that's what what God really wants. I think one of the things that I, I think Satan really wants to divide churches, um, split churches, cause divisions, um, and I think that's kind of the result of that. And so we, you know, we have to be on guard just you know, he'll attack us. If we have a body that shows unity, Satan doesn't like that. He doesn't want that. So he'll, he'll attack that.
2: You know, Andrew and Megan, you know, when, when you're working in Wycliffe, you're working with people from a lot of different um, denominational backgrounds right. or non-denominational backgrounds. And, you know, they have to agree on certain things. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of their co-workers... See things differently. So yes. You know,
3: and yeah. Sometimes
0: that causes some conflict. <laughs> um, but yeah, and even within families, I got a brother-in-law. We sometimes we have uh, theological discussions. <laughs> like, okay, let's keep it low. Let's keep it low, because he's over here and I'm over here. And yeah, are, but yeah.
2: Sons in laws from We're very different backgrounds.
1: backgrounds too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you have a liberal sure. church protesting the conservative, you know, or conservative church type things. So oh, yeah. It is, yeah. That's I doing. think there were that's
2: pickets it. by Father's House yesterday. Did anybody see those? No. We were in for a soccer game. I think it's because of their stand on transgender okay. yeah. LBJ. Yeah.
0: And so they were getting picketed. Were yeah. Yeah. You weren't inclusive enough.
2: I'm I'm not right. totally sure, but I saw the paper, <laughs> and I knew that there's been a lot of letters to the editor in the paper. when I uh-huh.
0: glanced it. Yeah, I think I've thought about writing letters to the editor, and I think, well, do we really want that trouble? <laughs> <laughs> there's something about I, I don't the know you summit. Can't.
2: They were objecting to a, the summit or something. Okay. No, I just thought the signs.
0: Yeah. But, you know, you go back and and you look at verse 10. And I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there be no divisions among you. You know, that's that's what God wants in the church. But with our human depravity, we split up and divide over just about anything. Churches divide over paint colors and things. So hopefully um, we will never do that. Now, one of the things we, we do see here is, um, you know, is Paul's reaction to this division in the church, especially, it seems, to about those who say, I follow Paul. Um, and he is basically going to repudiate them here. He's going to take a pretty good swipe at them. Um, and so he asks the, these other questions. He says, Paul was not crucified for you, was he? He said, did I die for your sins? <laughs> Why are you following me? Um, were you baptized into my name? You know, These are absurd questions. And he's putting them down. He said, don't claim to be following me. Um, absolutely not. Um, now, one of the things the commentators mentioned was Paul was wise enough to just address those who claim to be following him rather than the other groups. I mean, the, the principle applies to them, but he's not. he doesn't want to alienate them by attacking them. He'll attack his own followers and correct them and hope that the other ones uh, understand what he's doing and, and, and see that. Um, so basically, they belong to Jesus Christ. They don't belong to Paul. Um, And I think uh, this almost looks like it's abhorrent to Paul to think that they're following him and not Christ. And I thought of one example of something kind of like this where we see Paul's reaction is back in Acts chapter 14. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. Someone would like to read verses 11 through 15.
1: When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in Lucinian, I say that language, the gods that have come down to us in human form, Um, Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And the and priest of Zeus, whose temple was, was just outside of the city, brought bulls and reeves to the day, city dates because he had the crowd wanting to be there. Other sacrifices to do, to them. How far? Fifteen. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, "Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human, like you. We are we're we are bringing you." Good news, telling you to turn from those worthless things to the living God who made his have, made the heavens and earth and the
0: sea and everything in them. Okay. So Paul had healed a lame man, and so the the pagans all started worshiping as a God. You see Paul's reaction in Barnabas, they just tore their robes and no, 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 don't worship us. This was abhorrent to them. And they managed to calm them down and to say no we're and to preach the gospel to them. Um, this same crowd of people back in verse nineteen are the ones that stoned Paul and left him for dead. So from worshiping him as a God to killing him well, it only so. took about five verses. <laughs> Pardon?
1: He wasn't a God
0: so right he was not a god. We shady so what Paul is concerned about here in First Corinthians is, you know, there's a possibility are, are these people actually putting their allegiance in Paul rather than in Christ? You know, that would have been really bad, but that's, you know, very likely not what was happening. They, hopefully they'd been taught better than that, <clears throat> and I think it was more along the lines of what we might call name dropping. You know, they're taking pride in their relationship with Paul. You know, they might be particularly close to Paul for some reason. And that's why he, he next goes into baptism, because maybe some of them are saying, well, I was baptized by Apollos, or I was baptized by Paul, or I was baptized by Peter. And so, you know, I'm a, a disciple of Peter. You know, there's places uh, when Paul first goes to Ephesus, he finds a group of believers who only knew John's baptism. They were disciples of John. And so he had to teach to them and and they became, they were baptized in Christ's name and became disciples of Christ. So there may have been some who were claiming to be disciples of Paul because of that. Now, can you imagine the issue we would have if, if, if you were baptized by someone really famous like Billy Graham? hey, you know, I was baptized by Billy Graham. <laughs> Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah, that's something special, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you were baptized by Billy Graham. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, or baptized in the Jordan River where Christ was baptized. Yeah, that. I, yeah that's it. Yeah, I, I had this all written down last week. Driving to church, the gal on the radio was saying, Oh, it was so wonderful. We went to Land of Israel and I got baptized in the Jordan. And I'm thinking, okay.
1: <laughs> do you see a lot of people do it? That, yes. Yeah. yes. That's,
2: that's a big thing when people go over there.
0: Yeah. yeah. yes. Okay. Does that yeah. does that make the baptism any more real or it it, it the waters different or something? This water. You know, and I can understand the excitement. But sure. but it,
2: seeing the Jordan River, and thinking, oh, this is you know, Christ was baptized a there. the yes. place where, yeah. where Christ walked. Uh-huh.
0: But the importance of baptism is identifying with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. We've died to sins, we've been raised to new life. And we're making a public um, statement of that. So that's what's important, not who baptized us or where we were baptized.
3: But, Daryl, isn't that part of our sinful nature?
0: Yes. Right down to the core of it that
3: pride, yeah, whatever you yeah. want to call it, you know, like you say, me, I got this, or uh-huh. so on and so forth. Right. And uh, it, it's just like, there, and it's dumb, there's a couple of movie actors that I think are, were very reputable people, straight up, mm-hmm. that I'd love to meet. But it's the wrong, you know, it's the wrong reason. Yes. It's because I want to meet them, me, me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You want to be around famous <clears throat> people. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was baptized by Ron Breckel and Colfax. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got me all the way under and all the way back up, so.
1: <laughs> My baptism was good enough, so God made it rain on me. Yeah, you got rain so. on Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah.
1: let's. My guy must have advanced
0: enough or something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, some read like verses 1 and 2 here first.
2: Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were.
0: He left Judea and went away again into Galilee. Okay. Can you imagine if Jesus was actually baptizing people, how much trouble they would have with the pride from that? Yeah. So that may be specifically why he did not baptize.
3: Okay, now it kind of does Billy Graham, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Now, now Paul goes on to say... He did baptize some of them. And they, the names he gives here, they all appear to be, uh, in a sense, special cases. So in verse 14, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. So who are these two men? Let's back, go back to Acts chapter 18, verse 8. And we'll see Crispus. Someone like to read that for us. Acts eighteen eight.
3: Crispus, the synagogue leader, and the entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized.
0: Okay. So Crispus was the leader of the synagogue, or one of the leaders, um, was baptized. now this is significant because if you had Gentile proselytes wanting to become part of the Jewish nation, the Jewish religion, they were baptized into the, into the religion. Jews were not baptized into the, being Jews, they were born Jews. But Gentiles had to be baptized and that's part of the change from what they were into something new. So now here, Crispus, who is the leader of the Jewish synagogue, is being baptized, meaning he's leaving Judaism and going into Christianity. So this is a big deal. And for him as a leader to do that, probably, in a sense, almost broke the ice and said okay to the rest of those who who wanted to believe it. This is okay. This is a good thing. So for the leader to take to be baptized uh, was important there. <clears throat> it encouraged others to follow his example.
2: <coughs> and, and it seems like that kind of applied in Acts with households. Too. Yes. A lot of times you know, there would be a conversion to mm-hmm. add the leader of the household yeah. and then that, the rest of the
0: household. Right. Mm-hmm. A Philippian jailer is a good example of that too. So Gaius and Philippian Jailer. They they were baptized along with their household, which
2: okay. I suppose is even more than wife and children. In and it
0: might be too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Then we have uh, Gaius. Let's turn to Romans chapter sixteen. Someone like to read, um, read verse twenty three for us.
2: <clears throat> Gaius or Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, brings you. <coughs>
0: Erastus, the city treasurer, and her brother, Okay, so on Paul's second missionary journey is where the Corinthian church was founded. So now he's on his third journey and he stops at Corinth and he writes the book of Romans and he's staying at Gaius' house. So Gaius is his host to him and to the whole church. So it may be that the church also met at his house. So he was. Uh, that shows a position again of, of leadership and service in the church. And I just recently read Third John. Let's turn to Third John. Does someone would like to read the first verse there.
2: The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love. In-
0: Okay, same name, maybe the same guy. I'm not sure. But he goes on to commend him um, in like verse 5. It says, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they bear witness to your love before the church, and you do well to send them on in a way, in a manner worthy of God. So he, uh, these strangers who come through preaching the gospel, he takes them in and is hus- hospitable. So it sounds like the, it could be the same one. He he's a very hospitable man. So it could be that John's writing to the same Gaius at Corinth, although that's not really firm argument, but it's a possibility
2: there. Interesting verse two. <coughs>
0: Right. It includes just general prosperity, right, health. Okay, so there's Gaius. He was, again, he's a leader in the church. He's hosting the church. He hosts traveling missionaries. He hosted Paul. And then we also see in verse 16, he also baptized the household of Stephanus. So again, here we have another household being baptized. And he's mentioned uh, near the end of this book, 1st Corinthians, let's go to chapter 16. someone would like to read verses 15 through 18 here.
1: Now I urge you brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first
2: converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to to such as these, and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus, and Fortunatus, and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence, for they have refreshed my spirit as well as yours, give
1: recognition to such people.
0: Okay, so Achaia is that region of Greece where Corinth is located. So Stephanus was the first convert. And we also see that he continues to serve the church um, as a leader, he was also, you know, Paul is writing from Ephesus. He is one of the group that came to Ephesus from Corinth to help support Paul in his ministry. So here we have another person who's uh, a leader and a, and a servant uh, in the church.
2: So Paul's really, he started by baptizing some leaders. That's yep. one. The church formed. The church
0: took care them. that. Could be, and 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 then Paul also, um, after he had been there for a, a while, um, I think it was Timothy and Silas showed up. They had been left behind in, um, I think, in Thessalonica. So they came, and then I think they started doing the baptizing. But these these men are all leaders, you know. In, you know. Talking about Stephanus, he says, you know, honor these men, not because I baptized them, but because they're leaders and servants in the, in the body of Christ. So they're ones who probably would not have the problem of bragging about having been baptized by Paul. They're, they're, they're leaders they probably know better. <laughs> yeah. so, so those are the ones who he did baptize. And Paul ends this section by saying, I don't even remember if I baptize anybody else. Which kind of is a way of saying it, you know, it's really not that important. (laughs) If it was significant, I might have remembered it. But I remember these three leaders. Yes. Which brings us to verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. So when Paul says this, he's not minimizing the importance of baptism. He's just saying, that's not why God selected me and sent me out. Um, He's uh, really trying to put in perspective the importance of sharing the gospel versus baptism. Um, Kind of just bluntly, if you haven't. Evangelized people, you won't have anybody to baptize. So, so evangelism has to come first, the, the, the sharing of the gospel. Um, and let's let's look at Romans chapter ten. It <coughs> talks about taking the message out. Romans ten, someone would like to read verses thirteen through fifteen.
2: then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is (coughs) written, how beautiful are the feet of those
0: who bring good news of good things. Okay, so there's the importance of the preacher coming and sharing the gospel. Um, We don't have a Passage like this about people coming to baptize. Mm-hmm. I mean it was significant, but you, you, you gotta get saved first. We believe in believers' baptism, <laughs> yeah. not in pre-believing baptism. So uh, it's important to get saved first. Now let's look go back and look at Acts chapter 26, because Paul does say, you know, I was appointed to bring the, the gospel. Acts 26. would like to read verses 15 through 18 for us.
3: Then I asked Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet, and I have appeared to you, appointed you as a servant, as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me.
0: Okay, so there's the, Paul's <coughs> recounting what Christ said on the road to Damascus. You know, this is what I'm sending you out to do, to, to preach the gospel, to turn Gentiles from darkness to light. And so that was his uh, appointment. That was his call. Christ did not send him to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Paul had helpers who could do the baptizing, just like Jesus did when we read it in John 4. So people have, in the church, we, we have different functions. We we looked at 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about one body and the, the spirit. Um, we don't need to look at it now, but there's different gifts, different ministries, different effects. Some people, like Paul or Called to preach the gospel. Some are called to be a leader in a church and raise the church up. Um, some are called to take care of the business functions. Now we all have different s- slots that we fit into. So looking at Paul, preach the gospel. He was called to do that. Now in this verse, verse 17, mm-hmm. Paul begins to kind of segue away from these quarrels and baptisms and he begins to talk about the message of the Gospel. He says, he came to preach the Gospel not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. So, um, he didn't come with eloquent wisdom, that's what some of the versions say. Um, You know, he didn't come as a trained debater or a philosopher or a salesman. He wasn't trying to sell the gospel like a used car salesman to try to get you to get into this thing because it's so wonderful. You know, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Everything will be roses after you accept him as Savior. You'll never have a problem again. No, he didn't do any of that. Um, so he came, uh, as he said, uh, not preaching that way. Um, he says, if he had that might have made the cross of Christ void, you know, why did Christ go to the cross? It's because we were sinners. So the the gospel has to include the fact that you're a sinner. You know, that's not how a salesman starts. You look horrible. You need new clothes. <laughs> You'll go next door and buy them over there. Uh, and then Christ had to die for sin. There's a God who yeah, demanded. God who died, God. Yeah. But if you bring philosophy and human wisdom, you don't include the necessary parts of the gospel to make it more attractive, and the, the whole message becomes empty. They make the cross void in order to make it more attractive.
2: On Wednesday, that's that's kind of what we were discussing in this campaign, he gets us Jesus. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, a a big marketing push um, to familiarize and make Jesus attractive to young people.
0: Yes, yeah. You, it
2: Market. kind of
0: fits in that category. Yeah, Paul was not a as, as we <laughs> explored the background and what they're really saying. <laughs> yeah, Paul was not a marketer in any way, in any way at all. So, um, <laughs> you know, as we as we go through, um, we will see more and more that how how Paul talks about you know, I came to you and. He was a Galatians. You know, I was despised and you would have given me your eyes. <laughs> you know, he, he was not attractive in his speech or his appearance, but he brought the Word of God and said, You need to be saved, and, and this is how you do it. So, Okay, well, we have a, a break here uh, between 17 and 18, and I think that's a good place to stop because we're almost out of time. So. Um. Let's close here. Um, Joe, you want to pray for us then?
1: Dear Lord, we do thank you for your word. <coughs> we thank you for the historical values. We thank you for the fact it's a living word that speaks to us today. We thank you that it can guide and direct us. Just pray that we're we'll obedient to what you have us to do. That you speak to us through your word. That you speak to us through um, studying it. And Lord, we thank you for this hour. Pray for the next hour to come Robert brings a message. It will be here with worshipful attitudes, ready to this, and what you have for us to receive pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>